Chapter 2 Your Reason to Get Up in the Morning For some people, getting out of bed is not a problem. For others, it seems very hard to do. If you are one of those people who lingers under the duvet after the alarm clock goes off, wishing that it was a holiday, only able to drag yourself out of bed reluctantly after the second or third wake-up call, then this chapter is for you. Ikigai is sometimes expressed as the reason for getting up in the morning. It is what gives you an ongoing motivation for living your life. Or you could also say that it gives you the appetite for life that makes you eager to greet each new day. As we will see in this chapter, the Japanese do not need grandiose motivational frameworks to keep going but rely more on the little rituals in their daily routines. Of the five pillars of Ikigai described at the beginning of this book, getting up early has the most to do with starting small. Hiroki Fujita, who trades in tuna in Tokyo's famous Sujiki Fish Market, is no stranger to the ethos of getting up early in the morning. He gets up at 2 a.m. and prepares to go to work following his usual protocols. It is still dark when he arrives at his shop in the market, even in the middle of the summer. Fujita immediately starts to work in the same brisk manner he has been accustomed to for so many years. There is a special reason why Fujita gets up that early every day. As a broker for tuna fish, he needs to get hold of the finest tuna and therefore can't afford to miss anything important that goes on at the market. Fujita's customers depend on him. As the word discovers the heavenly, delectable taste of Toro tuna, more and more attention is given to the process of selecting and seasoning the best specimens. Fujita examines dozens of tuna laid out on the floor of a special section of the Sujiki fish market, trying to choose the best one for his impressive list of clients. Most of them the top sushi restaurants in and around Tokyo, including, of course, Sukiyabashi Jiro. Choosing a good tuna is an intricate art in itself, says Fujita. At Sukiji, tuna fish are sold whole, and the tuna broker cannot see the inside of the fish when making a purchase. The only means by which a tuna broker can select the fish in the market is by looking at the surface of the meat near the caudal fin, which has been chopped off the body of the fish. Fujita often touches and feels the fish at the caudal fin cut, using his fingers to tell if the meat inside is mature. The public can have misconceptions about what kind of tuna is tasty, says Fujita. People tend to think that red, fresh-looking tuna is best, but nothing could be further from the truth. The best tuna actually has a more subdued appearance that comes only with a certain kind of fish body captured by a limited range of fishing procedures. The best kind can be found only in, say, one out of a hundred. One tries to find certain looks and textures, but it is difficult to be sure, as the best ones are often very similar to if not indistinguishable from those damaged through oxidation. I get up early in the morning, 
because I am always in pursuit of that special kind of fish. I think to myself, would I find the one if I go to the fish market today? That thought keeps me going. We should perhaps all be embracing the morning the way Fujita does. We know enough about the physiological conditions of the brain to know that the time of the day is best for productive and creative work. Data suggests that during sleep, the brain is busy registering memories within its neural circuits as the day's activities are sorted and consolidated. There is still ongoing research as to the dynamics of memory consolidation. It would appear that new memories are temporarily stored in the brain with the help of the region known as the hippocampus. We are sure of this essential role of the hippocampus as people with substantial damages to it are no longer able to form new memories. Then those memories appear gradually to migrate into the associate cortex to be consolidated into long-term memories. The brain is able to do all this efficient storing, linking and indexing of memories in the absence of incoming sensory information. In the morning, assuming you have had a sufficient amount of sleep, the brain has finished its important night job. It is in a refreshed state ready to absorb new information as you start a day's activities. Saying good morning, Ohio in Japanese, and making eye contact activates the brain's reward systems and leads to a better functioning of its hormonal regulation, which results in an improved immune system. All these effects have been shown to be statistically significant, although the casual links are not completely understood. As we will see below, the ethos of getting up early in the morning is embedded in Japanese culture. So it comes as no surprise, perhaps, that there are rules about how and when to say Ohio. These things are taken seriously. As various hormonal regulations in the brain are known to be in harmony with the processions of the sun, it therefore makes sense to live in synchrony with the sun as the circadian rhythms are tuned to the natural cycles of day and night. That is the neurological explanation for why getting up so early is so much a part of Japanese tradition. But, as we were just saying, there is also a cultural one. Japan is a nation which has always placed a high value on the morning sun. Prince Shotoku, who ruled Japan in the 7th century, and was the son of Emperor Yomei, was a man of prodigious talents. According to legend, he could listen to and comprehend 10 people speaking at the same time. Prince Shotoku is credited for introducing affirmative political reforms, such as a 17-article constitution, which famously stressed the importance of wa, harmony, in its very first article, of which more later, when sending an official letter to the Emperor of China, Prince Shotoku began with the sentence, From the sovereign of the land of the rising sun. This was a reference to the fact that Japan is situated east of China, the direction in which the sun rises. The image somehow stuck, and Japan is still sometimes regarded as the land of the rising sun in Western civilization. Japan is an exonym. In the Japanese language, the name of the nation is Nippon or Nihon, two alternative pronunciations for the nomenclature expressing the origin of the sun. 
The national flag of Japan, Hinomaru, Circle of the Sun, is a visualization of the idea of the land of the rising sun. The sun has been the object of worship as something that symbolizes life and energy for a long time in Japan. On New Year's Day, many people get up early or stay awake all night to see the first rising sun of the year. It is customary to climb Mount Fuji in the night so as to revere the rising sun from the peak. Many Japanese brands including beer, newspaper, life insurance, matches and a television station use the rising sun as their theme. Another reason why the Japanese like to get an early start goes back to the economic history of the country. During the Edo era, 1603-1868, to when Japan was ruled by the Tokugawa shogunate, approximately 80% of the whole population were farmers. Even after the rapid industrialization and urbanization, about 50% of Japanese were still farmers in 1945. And for the sake of successful farming, it is necessary to get up early in the morning. That farming has had such an impact is perhaps no surprise, given how reliant on rice the Japanese economy has been. Rice was the most important, almost sacred product of the land. It had to be offered to gods and rituals, and the rice cake symbolized the coming of the new year. Sake, the popular Japanese alcoholic drink, is made from rice. Sacred decorations at Shinto shrines are made from rice straws. Today, the percentage of people engaged in agriculture has dropped to 1.5 of the whole population. The relative importance of farming in the mindset of the average Japanese has diminished. However, many conceptual frameworks related to farming are still alive today, influencing people's attitudes in daily life. For example, the planting of rice sprouts in the spring and harvesting in the autumn is one of the most important rituals conducted by the emperor. The specially designed rice fields are in the imperial palace grounds in Tokyo. Both the planting and harvesting is done by his imperial majesty's own hand and the scene is broadcast on national television. In his role as representative of the Japanese people, the emperor does this because this was something the majority of the population did for a living. It was not only farmers who had the ethos of getting up early in the morning. Among merchants, it was traditionally considered commendable to get up at dawn and start the day's work straight away in order to get ahead with business, but also to save fuel and candles during the night. There is an old Japanese proverb, Getting up early is a profit of three mon, the mon being the currency of Japan during the Muramaki period, 1336 to 1870. The saying is roughly equivalent to the English proverb, the early bird catches the worm. There is a general perception among the Japanese populace that getting up early makes economic sense. And today we see this whether it's tuna merchants, getting up in the night to go to the market or workaholic business persons in the financial sector going to the office in the early hours to respond to activities in foreign markets. One perhaps unlikely profession which takes the before breakfast ethos literally in contemporary Japan is the sumo one, 
Sumo wrestlers famously train in the morning before they have breakfast. Actually, sumo training is done only in the morning. In the afternoon, the wrestlers take it easy, having a nap or immersing themselves in their favorite hobbies. Needless to say, the nap and the playtime come only after a generous helping of food, which helps the wrestlers build their famous oversized bodies. Radio Taisu, Radio Calisthenics, short exercises set to music is perhaps more representative of Japan's morning-oriented culture of physical activity. And this one is for ordinary people of all ages. Conceived in 1928 by the government to improve the physical fitness of the general public, Radio Taiso has been a regular custom, except for a break of four years after the Second World War, among the Japanese ever since. Many are introduced to it at primary school. Children in their first year of education are taught how to move their arms and legs in synchronization with the music, as the actions are simple enough for the six-year-olds to imitate. During the summer holidays, local meetings of Radio Taisu are held, where children are encouraged to attend with rewards of collectible stamps. If a child accumulates a certain number of stamps on a stamp card, they are given a present such as sweets or stationery at the end of the holiday. This custom is supposed to have great educational value in encouraging children to go to sleep early and wake up in the morning, a healthy habit to establish especially in an era where digital entertainments such as games and YouTube videos tend to keep them awake late into the night. Children are therefore encouraged to carry the spirit of the rising sun although not in a nationalistic way. Radio Taiso is an example of a small dose of ingenuity going a very long distance. Radio Taiso is sometimes practiced at construction sites and factories where physical preparation for work is deemed necessary and even in white-collar offices before a day's work begins. Nowadays, it is mainly senior people who duly practice Radio Taiso. It is not uncommon to see a group of elders gathered at a park in residential areas for the daily morning exercise. They take their positions at precisely 6.30 a.m., just as NHK Radio 1 starts broadcasting the theme music of Radio Taisu. It is their ikigai. The image of people in uniform exercising in unison has sometimes been used by the international media to portray the image of Japan as a group-oriented country. At the early morning Radio Taiso gatherings of the elderly, the movements are not at all orderly or synchronized. You find people scattered all over the place, each with their own individualistic approach to the calisthenics. Some are out of step with the music, while others are chatting briskly while moving their arms and legs. Some just join in the middle of music, while others might leave before the end. In other words, there is an abundance of idiosyncrasies and they are tolerated. Radio Taisu is perhaps an apotheosis of the Japanese ethos of pricing early morning activities. It is particularly interesting from the point of view of the social building of Ikigai because it brings together community in keeping with harmony and sustainability, the third pillar. It has had other repercussions too. The music for Radio Taisu has come to occupy among the Japanese people a special position and has been featured in many Japanese popular films and dramas.